We are in Ksubis Nun Zayin Amaral 57a, starting a new Mishnah. This Mishnah was actually mentioned in the very beginning of Ksubis, on the very first page, on Dav Beis Amaral on 2a. And this is the Mishnah that describes the 12-month period between the Arison and the Nisuin, between the engagement period and uh, the actual marriage, the halachic engagement. Uh, until the actual marriage, we gave 12 months. And we'll see why do we give 12 months, what's the purpose in giving 12 months, and what happens if they don't get married after 12 months, if there's a bit of a delay. What happens if he is delaying, the husband is delaying the marriage, so then is he obligated in certain things that uh, he is generally obligated in once they are fully married. So we will uh, see all that. It's important to note, we will see this in the Gemara, that there's an opinion in the Gemara that says that this entire Mishnah is really referring to one case where the girl is a Nara. She's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Only those cases, that's what we're referring to, only those cases between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. We will see um, that if she's under the age of 12, so then she has the right to delay the marriage until, the actual marriage, until she becomes an adult above the age of 12. Um, and so she could, she could really hold off until the age of 12 if she wants. Uh, and if she's above the age of 12 and a half, we'll see that there's an opinion in the Gemara that says that it's really only 30 days. Uh, we don't give a year, but we give 30 days. So this time period of a year is very limited to only a girl who's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Now, why is this? Uh, so we'll see. Let's just read the opening line. Uh, the purpose of this, the purpose of the 12 months is to give her time to... Get ready for marriage with jewelry and uh, and uh, makeup uh, to, to to get ready to get ready for for her marriage for her wedding so that she has everything that she needs for her wedding um, and it seems again we've mentioned this in the past that uh, girls got married at a much younger age then than they do now and it seems like the norm was to get married after as a bogaris after the age of twelve and a half that was around the age of thirteen that's that was the norm. Um, and because that was the norm, so these young women would um, would prepare themselves for their marriage once they become a bogaris. Once they reach the age of 12 and a half, they're already preparing for, for their wedding. Uh, it's only girls who are under the age of 12 and a half who are not preparing for their wedding, so then we give them a year. That's what it sounds like according to, uh, according to that opinion. Uh, so therefore, this Mishnah is very limited in terms of... Uh, whom exactly we're referring to. And also, we will discuss what happens if a girl is engaged under the age of 12. That's also a topic that we've dealt with in the past. We've mentioned that from the Torah, a father has the right to marry off his daughter. Um, and so it's important to note that that's only with regards to a halachic engagement. She, both her and her father, have the right to delay, independently have the right to delay the actual marriage until she reaches the age of 12, which already, in the times of the Gemara, becomes the point in time which is basically the norm of when to get married. Um, so then it's not, it's not as, uh, as difficult to understand if that, became, if that was the norm, uh, to then wait till, until, until she's 12 to actually get married. But the engagement uh, process could take place from under the age of 12, uh, but she has the right to delay the marriage until the age of 12. Either way, our mission is referring to a case, let's say she's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and uh, she has this 12-month wait in order to uh, get ready. 
Just like she has 12 months, so too we give him 12 months. Why do we give him 12 months? So some explain it's because he ha- he's the one who's paying for the wedding. So he has to get ready for the wedding, so we give him 12 months to pre- for the, prepare for the wedding. Others explain that no, he has a lot more to prepare for than just the wedding. He has to buy a house. Uh, he has to find a place to live in. Uh, all of that takes takes time till uh, till you find the right place. So we give him also 12 months. However, if she is an almana, if uh, she is a widow, and the commentators explain uh, that she's a widow from uh, a complete marriage, not just from an engagement process that where her husband passed away, but she's a widow from she had a complete marriage already, and she was uh, divorced uh, from that, or, or she's a widow uh, from from that uh, first marriage, and now this is her second marriage. So she already has. All the tachshitin, she has all the jewelry from the first marriage. She has all of that already prepared. She doesn't need 12 months. So then we give her 30 days. She has 30 days for that. Okay. What happens? In general, during the engagement period, uh, he has no obligation. The obligation for the husband to uh, support his wife Um does not kick in until they are actually married. It only kicks in once they're while well, during the engagement process. It doesn't kick in only once they're actually married. But if the twelve months pass, so then there's a there's a dispute here whether this is on a biblical level or on a rabbinic level. But once the twelve months pass, so then he's obligated to support her, even though she's not living. They're not living together. They didn't get fully married yet. They're only engaged. Uh, she's living with her family. He's living with uh, his family. So they're not uh, they're not uh, living together. Uh, but still, once the 12 months pass, he has an obligation to support her. And not only that, uh, he also, if he's a Kohen, a Kohen receives uh, special food, referred to as truma. The gifts that they receive is truma, and they have to eat them in a state of purity. Um, so, And it's only only Kohanim, only family, the family of the Kohen can eat it. Uh, so when they are engaged on a biblical level, she's allowed to eat it. She's already allowed to eat it, the truma on a biblical level. We'll see that uh, probably in the next class. Uh, but on a rabbinic level, we said that they, that she should refrain for various reasons, which we will explain in the next class. Um, however, once the 12 months pass, so then she's also allowed to eat truma. She's allowed to eat truma. He's allowed to give her truma. Rabbi Tarfan says she could receive, everything she receives could be truma. The entire, everything that he uses to sustain her uh, but the food that she, he provides for her can be truma, which is uh, could be difficult because she has to eat in a state of purity uh, for part of the month when she receives her when she has her period. So she cannot eat truma. So she would have to sell the truma to somebody else, uh, and then with that money buy uh, regular food. But Rabbi Tarfin says that his obligation is just to he could give her truma if he wanted to. However, Rabbi Kiva Omer and truma. Rabbi Kiva says no, it has to be uh, a certain percentage has to be for non-truma so that she could also eat that during her state of impurity. Okay, next case. Next case is a case where, of the Mishnah, of a Yibam case. When we discussed Yivamas, we discussed a lot of Yibam cases. Uh, so this is a case where she was married, the husband passes away without any children, and now she is waiting to get, uh, uh, to, to do Yibam, to get married to her husband's, her deceased husband's brother. And so we will be discussing uh, what happens if she's for she was waiting to get married. This even applies if they're only halakhically engaged. So she's waiting to get married for a few months to her husband. Husband passes away during the engagement process. And then 
uh, during the engagement period, and then uh, she's also waiting by her brother-in-law for a certain amount of time. The point of the mission is basically to say she has to be waiting for 12 months by one person. Um, it, it can't be in order for her to, to receive um, zonas, in order to receive uh, sustenance. She has to be 12 months by one person. It can't be six months by her current first husband, and then he passes away, and then six months by the, by the Yavam waiting to get married. It has to be 12 months by one person. So says the Mishnah. Um, First of it says that if she's waiting to do Yibam, she does not eat Truma. Then it says, Basically, what we said before, which is that she has to be 12 months with one person, either with her first husband or even if her husband passes away uh, during the engagement period, and they waited uh, 11 months still, she still doesn't receive uh, truma and food until she does, she waits, either she does yibam or if she hasn't done yibam in 12 months, w- waiting to do yibam for 12 months, so then she's able to uh, eat truma and receive mizonos, uh, receive sustenance from her brother-in-law uh, who has to do yibam. Zoom missionary Shona. All of this is the first was the first teaching. We'll see that it changed. The, the mission then says, Bezin shall achare and amru. The courts, the later courts then said, moving on to Nanzayin of Bez, Now, that this law doesn't apply, and we'll see why uh, later on, next week, uh, that this law doesn't apply. If she uh, waits 12 months, she does not eat truma. She does not eat truma even if they didn't get married yet. Uh, specifically if they didn't get married yet. If they did get married, she could eat truma. But if they didn't get married and wait 12 months, she doesn't eat truma until they actually get married. So originally, the law was that after 12 months, she is allowed to eat truma after waiting uh, to get married, after the engagement. And then the Mishnah Akrona, the later uh, courts said that, no, she it's not about, even if she waits 12 months, she still doesn't eat truma until they actually get married. Okay, that is the Mishnah. We're now on 57B, starting the Gemara. How do we know this concept of 12 months? And we'll see that this concept from 12 months, the source will be from Lavan and Rivka uh, marrying Yitzhak that uh, there was an option to wait a year. Um, and it's not, really a, it's not really a biblical source because this is before the Torah was given. And there's also many, many different questions that you can have on this. But it's, uh, it's a hint to the, to, the, to the concept of 12 months. The verse says, the passage says, Basically, they, they said uh, that Rivka should wait days or usher or ten. What does days mean? Is it normal to say, oh, let her stay with us for two days? And by the way, if you say no, two days is too much, how about ten days? That doesn't make any sense. They already said two days is too much. Why would they then offer 10 days? So what does it mean? shana. It rather means a year. So, based on a verse that says Yom is really referring to a year. What about, uh, there's another context that says that days is referring to a month, but there it's because the word month is also put in there. So when days is alone means a year, so then we can learn out a year from here. Basically, Lavan was offering, it was saying uh, Rivka uh, could go in either a year or in 10, or in uh, 10 months, let's say. Um, and so that makes sense. Offer a year, they say no. So what about a shorter time period of 10? Uh, so this is the source. 
Interesting. If coming from Lavan, uh, before we receive the Torah, we don't really learn laws from before we receive the Torah um, at Harsinai. Other questions we could have. She never even uh, met her husband yet, met Yitzchak. Um, this is all coming from an Evid, from a slave. But the point is that this is hinted to. It's hinted to. The concept of waiting a year is hinted to from the Torah. Okay. Says now the Gemara, Amr Abzeira. Tana. Rabzeir now says something that we were referencing before. Tana Kitana Bainhi A Kitana, a girl under the age of twelve who's married off by her father. Very important. She's not actually married off by her father as a minor. It's only with regards to the halachic engagement. She's still living with her father. She has the right, and her father has the right to delay the actual wedding until she reaches the age of twelve, which is not so far from when it's normal to get married in those days, which was twelve and a half. I understand why she could delay it. She's, uh, the, the commentators explain. She would want to delay it because uh, she's nervous about uh, getting married under the age of 12. She's nervous about sexual relations under the age of 12. She's very nervous about this. But why should the father have the right to, to delay it? If she wants to get married, how come the father has the right to delay it? The father will say, no, she thinks she's ready for marriage under the age of 12. She thinks she's ready for the marriage. Again, the norm was to get married at 12 and a half. So to get married at 11 wasn't so crazy. Um, but uh, she thinks that it's normal, that, that she, she can handle marriage. She's going to get married the next day. She's going to realize, uh, or the next month, she's going to realize that, uh, what did I do? I got married too young. And she's going to come running back to me. She's going to leave that marriage, come running back to me, and she's going to have to get married to somebody else. So the father says, sometimes I know a little bit better. My daughter my daughter thinks that she's she's getting ready, getting married at the right time. Sometimes I know a little bit better that it's not the right time for her. So the father also has uh, the ability to delay the marriage until she reaches the age of 12. Okay. That was Rabzeira. I'm Rabbi Abba Barlevi. Rabbi Abba Barlevi says, Ein poskin alektana la'asiyak shikitana. The truth is, Rabbi Abba Barlevi says that one should not, uh, they should not get married. It's better for them not to get married when they are a minor. And in fact, it's better also, it's found elsewhere, that it's better not even to have this, the whole concept of getting engaged, the father uh, having, uh, having her get engaged. It's also not proper. And we, this is how we follow today. It's not proper to do. The Torah says that this is, uh, it, it, conceptually, it's, uh, it's allowed. Uh, but practically, we don't do this. But one could do is that one could arrange for a marriage to take place when she becomes an adult, when she reaches the age of 12, to set it up in advance. Sigmar says, Pshita, why can't you set it up in advance? What's the problem with setting it up in advance? What would be the problem with that? No. No. If you set up in advance, she already knows that she's set up with this person in advance, so she's going to get scared. She's going to get nervous. That's what one would have thought. That maybe she'll get scared, she'll get nervous about marrying this person. She already knows about this from the age of 10. Um, so, so maybe it's better not to do that. Maybe it's better to wait until she's an adult. No, but it's not really such a concern. We don't view that as such a concern. Okay. Moving on in the Gemara. Amr Rav Huna. Rav Huna now says, We pointed this out when we did the Mishnah. Rav Huna says, Okay, under the age of 12, she could delay the marriage until she's 12. So... The year could be longer than a year. Uh, it could be way longer than a year. Uh, uh, be, the the mission was talking about waiting a year is between the age of twelve and twelve and a half. Comes Rav Huna now and says 
after she's above the age of 12 and a half, we don't no longer give a year. She's already preparing for herself for marriage. We give her 30 days. She's already preparing the jewelry and everything. So therefore, we give her 30 days. This is, seems to prove that it was normal to get married at such, at such a young age. So the Gemara, for the rest of the Gemara, until uh, two dots, uh, about 10 lines down from the bottom of this page of uh, 57b, will question this. They'll bring three different proofs to question this idea. My love, The Gemara says we have a brisa. Brisa from the time period of the Mishnah says that once she reaches the age of twelve and a half, she's a bogaris. We refer to her as a bogaris. It's like she has been asked uh, to uh, to get married. Isn't that like a, a basula, like her first marriage, where she has to wait a, a year? No, it's like an almana. It's her second marriage where she waits thirty days. Next proof: Tashma. She's 12 and a half and she waits 12 months. So she waits 12 months. We say that since uh, she has to be supported, so then also the, the, husband has the, the husband has to support her and also the husband has the right to uh, annul her vows, which a regular husband could do. Again, they didn't get married yet, but they waited 12 months. But we see we're talking about a, a girl, a young a young a woman who's above the age of 12 and a half and she's waiting 12 months. Uh, they didn't get married yet, so the father, the, the, sorry, the husband has to support her and he has the ability to annul her vows. That seems to imply that we wait 12 months. And where it says no, maybe it means no, it means either or. It doesn't mean the same case. It means either she's 12 and a half or she's 12 and she waits 12 months. Uh, so then, uh, so then in that case, uh, that's when Rebbe Lezer says that in either either case, so then once the husband has an obligation to support her, so then he also, when she's above the age of 12 and a half and she gets engaged, then it's just 30 days. If she's between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, it's a year, even though the year continues into when she's 12 and a half, obviously. Uh, still, it starts, you give her a full year to prepare. Tashma, last case. In a regular case of where they are engaged um, and uh, any of them want to delay it, we give up to 12 months, we give them up to 12 months, that's the first part of it. However, she's 12 and a half, what does it mean? Ketzad. If she's 12 and a half and then has a halakhic engagement after 12 and a half, we give 12 months. Seems pretty clear that we give 12 months. Seems to be a direct question on Rav Hunu who said that, no, we only give 30 days. The end of the, the end of the says, and we give an arusa, somebody who's engaged 30 days. Now, what does that mean? So the Gemara first says, the Gemara says, it's a strong question on Rav Huna. Strong question on Ravuna. Ravuna said only 30 days if she gets engaged after 12 and a half. Now it seems like we give a year. But the Gemara says, My What's the end of this Brysa? The end of the Brysa seems to say we give somebody who's engaged 30 days. What's that talking about? What's the case? Even though we disagree with Ravuna, this Brysa disagrees with Ravuna. Ravuna, which is difficult because Ravuna was after the Brisa. He can't argue on the Brisa. Ravuna says, give 30 days. Once she's after 12 and a half, give 30 days. The Brisa says, no, we give a year. If she's 12 and a half, we give a full year. However, if she's 
13 and a half. If she waited a year already from the time she was 12 and a half, then we only give 30 days. That's already a point in time where she should have for sure have been prepared to get married. And then, uh, and then we, uh, we only give her 30 days. So even if you argue on Rav Huna, which is what the Brisa seems to be arguing on Rav Huna, still, if she's 13 and a half, then we only give 30 days. Okay, this concludes this part of the Gemara. We will continue with the last part of Nanzayim Bay's in the next class.